0: Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, Episode 380. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 380. Well, it's that time again, the annual Slow Flowers holiday music special. I'm incredibly excited to welcome the sibling, singer, songwriter duo, Nathan Leach and Ava Leach. If you've attended Holly Chapel's Flowerstock Festival, you've already been treated to live performances by Nathan and Ava. That's how I met them, and I'm so excited that they've agreed to join the Slow Flowers podcast today to share their story and music with us as we ease into the holiday season. It's mind-boggling to say this, but music videos on the Nathan and Ava YouTube channel have been viewed more than 26 million times times. That's right, 26 million. So it's very special to speak with these young talents about the music they create and have shared with so many. As they tell it, Nathan and Ava is a musical duo from Charleston, South Carolina. The origins of their story are pretty recent and immensely fascinating. While in school at USC Columbia, Nathan longed to get back into guitar playing, so he began to post cover songs on YouTube. Over time, he expanded the roster of featured talent to include the occasional help from his sister, Ava. In 2013, they posted a cover of Family of the Year's song, Hero. In 2015, that video went viral. Media outlets began sharing this unassuming video everywhere. Starting on the San Francisco Globe, the video bounced around from outlet to outlet and received the attention of major players in the media and music industry. Among them, The Glenn Beck Show, Jimmy Kimmel Live, America's Got Talent, The Voice, and Walk Off the Earth. The French site Feroce shared a separate version of the video as well, where it garnered millions more views. What this all amounted to was a crazy few weeks for the siblings, who were both still in school at the time. With a newfound international fan base and a YouTube audience that had exponentially exploded overnight, they began working on cleaning up their live act and beginning to produce original songs. Having released their first EP of original songs under their self-titled EP, Nathan and Ava, In early April, the duo are hard at work establishing a local fan base in Charleston and producing their next album. You'll hear lots more in today's conversation with Nathan Leach and Ava Leach, the voices of Nathan and Ava. This is an extended episode featuring five of their musical songs interspersed in our interview. Please enjoy this Sly Flowers holiday gift and check out our show notes at deboraprinzing.com for episode 380 to see photos, videos, and find links so you can follow Nathan and Ava as their careers continue to soar. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing and welcome to the 2018 Slow Flowers Holiday Music Special. I'm so excited about this. This is the fourth year that I've invited musician friends to share their wonderful talents and tell their story um, for our creative community. So I would like to welcome the Leach siblings, Nathan and Ava Leach. Of the wonderful duo Nathan and Ava. Hello, how you doing?
1: Hey, Benba, how's it Hello. going?
0: <laughs> it's great. And so you're coming to us over Skype from Charleston, South Carolina. And I'm having a lot of a lot of fun memories about um, our time together. Actually, just two months ago in October at Flowerstock. Um, I've, yeah. I've mentioned, yeah, I've mentioned in the intro that I've enjoyed knowing you a little bit through Holly Chapel and Flowerstock and how much I love you as performers and songwriters. And I don't know, right when we were saying goodbye to each other last October or just two months ago, I said, Hey, would you guys do the podcast with me and share your stories and your music? And you said, yes, I was so excited about that.
1: Yeah, we we're, we were I mean, I, I love the chance to talk. Uh, especially about flower stock and just the the great community that y'all have going there. It seems like we've, we've only known y'all for a very short amount of time in the grand scheme of things, but we already, uh, it it feels like family every time we come back. Yeah, And honestly,
0: I think we'd do anything, just about anything for the flower stock family. Like Mm. you guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back at you. I think, (laughs) I think everyone feels a little um, paternal and maternal around you two. And um, in a lovely way, um, and I'm just so glad that you can share your story and your music today. I I know you've you've described you're described as a sibling folk duo, and you have an amazing social media presence. With like, I just looked it up today like 18,000 followers on Facebook and more than 85,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Um, and I know there's a backstory we're going to talk about, but give us a, a like today's snapshot of Nathan and Ava and the duo and like where you're at now with your music and you're performing and you know, what's, what's the, what's the duo doing? How would you describe it? I'd say right now, um, Nathan's working and I'm, I'm still in school,
2: but right now we've just been like on, on the roll writing original songs. Um, and like recording them has been a process, but we're trying to record them on our own time. Um, but really, we've just been, like, kind of creating material right now.
0: Yeah. Um, With your own original least, songwriting, right?
2: Yes. Our own original songwriting. We've taken a step back from posting YouTube channels as of now, or YouTube videos, um, just because when we do post, we're going to have, like, we're going to have mainly original stuff, and it's going to be hopefully put together and how we want it to be. So more mm-hmm. in the creative process right now.
1: hmm and the past few months, of, uh, we've been experimenting with trying to do a lot of home recording uh, with demos, especially with these these new songs. And what I've come to find, at least for me, is the, the long and arduous process of trying to learn recording software. And I think going into it, I had these lofty expectations for myself that I could learn you know, Logic Pro, which is the recording software I use in a matter of months. And really... Uh, I'm just scratching the surface, so a lot of our demos that we've recorded so far, they haven't really been, you know, these studio-ready, glimmering songs. They're kind of just us messing around and seeing what works and what doesn't in the studio, so it became less of a uh, more less of a finished product, which is what I initially wanted, and more of us just kind of experimenting with what sounds good when we actually uh, put a microphone to instruments and vocals and everything, so... It's, it's still an ongoing process and what we came to realize is that uh, you know we've, we we want to get back into YouTube and just put out music again whether or not it's uh, you know perfect or not and so that's kind of where we're headed uh, which we can talk about yeah. a little bit more
0: you know it's it's so it's so frustrating to listen to you talk about this because I I feel like this happens to all creatives like I am a writer but now I have to become a publisher and a, a book promoter. And like, I have to become my own channel and same with musicians. Like you have to be the producer and the engineer and the, you -hmm. know, the, the agent and the, you know, the booking, you know, booking agent and all, is it just like the life of a creative person? Like you just accept it?
2: (laughs) It can, it can be very stressful and like, but also very gratifying once, once you get it all done, but it's, it's definitely a task. Like there's lots of different tasks you have to take care of and can be very overwhelming
1: mm-hmm, for sure. And uh, I, I mean, I, I am very thankful that we have the technology that we do nowadays uh, to be able to market yourself as a creator, or musician, or writer, or what have you. Um, Cause I feel like 10, 15 years ago, it was a lot harder to get your name out using the means that we have now. So in that respect, I'm really grateful, but at the same time, it just kind of, it just means that you have to have a lot of drive and you have to learn as you go, which I'm sure, you know, Deborah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I noticed, um, cause I subscribed to your YouTube channel that you both were posting, um, kind of, I don't know, garage recordings of new music that both of you had written and performed. Um, you did quite a bit earlier this year. Is that, you're going to come back to that at some point?
1: Yeah. So, um, we have, uh, future project that we're currently working on uh, and we're trying to release it sometime in the spring. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be definitely earlier than our EP release this past year, um, hopefully by late January, sometime in February. But um, basically we took feedback from uh, what everyone was saying on our EP. And by and large, I think that people were a little thrown off that we were just, you know, releasing all originals and you know, th- th- I think that there's going to be this big transition of people who only know us for covers and uh, people who want more originals out of it. So right. I-, I know that we're probably going like, to lose fans in order to gain new ones. Yep. And it's just going to be kind of this growing yeah. pains thing.
2: Yeah, it's a transition that I think needs to happen though, because that's the direction we want to go. So um, we've just been trying to put in the work towards originals alone instead of learning new covers and everything. Where I- a lot of our
0: attention started yeah and i think you're absolutely right like where where you make your mark is with original music because um i mean covers will get you a lot of gigs at local clubs and stuff but not necessarily recognized as as artists who are creating new a new body of work right
1: right exactly and another thing that people were telling us after we released the eps is that um, We had these four videos on YouTube that was pretty much just the audio from those songs. And everyone was saying, oh, but we miss seeing you guys yeah. perform. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I get that since our whole channel was founded off of these videos of us just kind of like dinking around and having fun. So for, for this next project, we're going to have we're going to be releasing 10 songs over the course of this next spring. Oh, uh, my you know, gosh. And, uh, yeah so <laughs> it's it's a big undertaking, and I don't even know if we're gonna be able to do it yet, but uh they're all gonna be live takes. We're trying to get a fuller sound by having other people help us and collaborate so mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah. be kind of these full like full band recordings of yeah. new live material um that will kind of you know act as demos that we can hopefully show a producer and eventually get professionally recorded in the studio. but we just wanted to get back to. What people really enjoy is just watching us perform, and yeah. you know, I think that people kind of dig the imperfections for whatever reason.
0: <laughs> I think he, I think people dig you and how authentic you are. And um, can, do you guys mind telling everyone your ages? I I'm, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but we can cut this out if you yeah. don't want to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I am I am 19 years old. and I'm 24. Okay. And, and what are you doing in life? You, Ava, you said you're in school. Are you a college sophomore? Is that right? Um,
2: I guess technically, but I'm, I just started my freshman year of college.
0: Okay.
2: I'm trying to age you already.
1: Sorry. Well, she's super smart. So she got all of her AP credits out of the way.
0: Yeah. I
2: knocked out AP credits so I can finish in three years. So
0: technically I guess a sophomore, but just started. Yeah. Um, what are you studying?
2: I'm studying arts management with a music industry concentration. So basically, that's just like the business side to art and how to profit off of music and art and all that jazz.
0: Good. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Where do you go to school? Yeah.
2: I go to the College of Charleston. Um, I stayed home to make music with Nathan, honestly. That's great. <laughs> and,
0: right. And yeah. Nathan, you're um, out of college and you are you have a day job, right?
1: Yeah, I I work at uh, Charleston Magazine. It's a a local, like, regional um, magazine that kind of covers a lot of lifestyle things around town, food and bev. Yeah. um, artist profiles, and business people around here. So I work as a
0: videographer. You work as a videographer?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I work on their, like, web content and social media things. Mm.
0: Well, let's hear one of your songs that you're willing to share with the group. Tell me a little bit about this song and and why you love it and why you want to share it.
1: Okay, so this the first one is called Belgian Fields. Uh, it's one of our newer ones that we're working on, and it's my song that I wrote, and then Eva's kind of helping me with a little piano part uh, that's going to be accompanying it. But really, for this song, what I wanted to do was uh, kind of look back. Uh, it's, it's a very nostalgic song, uh, and growing up, we, we were raised in a military family, so uh, we lived in a lot of cool places, and one of those places that I lived in uh, not Ava specifically because she wasn't born yet, was Belgium. Mm. Um, and so it's it's kind of, this song is a commentary on how like growing up, you don't necessarily remember super specific things. You either, you know, you remember certain memories, you remember kind of like the colors and shapes of places and mm-hmm. smells and sights, but you don't remember the, spe- the uh, sorry, specifics. Yeah. Um, but So I I took that kind of idea of um, nostalgia and I compared it with uh, different perspectives in the song. So the song kind of swaps from my perspective as a kid to my mom's perspective.
3: Mm.
1: uh, And kind of this mother who, uh, you know, my dad was in the military and he was off, you know, on his missions and everything. uh, So she didn't really see him that much. Uh, so it's just kind of how she grappled with raising me and my brother and then how me and my brother saw the world and mm. then how I see it now.
0: It's sort of a universal concept that anyone, depending on what age you are, will relate to because, you know, it's it's something that it's the human existence. So I love that. Well, I'm excited to hear it. So let's go ahead and, and uh, jump right in.
3: All right, here we go.
4: of days gone by, but those fields are alive in bed. That morning she kissed him goodbye, but she not said hello to him in a few months or so. They were hard. i sky-wide as can be, and the snow came on down in her newly-veiled sheets, and she smiled to herself at her boys in the street, thinking life's not what she planned, but how you
0: a little bit more about your family's musical history and how Nathan and Ava was actually created as a duo. I mean, were you guys playing together as little kids or how did it come to be?
2: So Nathan originally started his YouTube channel as like a method of trying to get back into guitar and like learning new songs in college when he was in college. Um, I remember he would like come back home and like be recording videos and stuff. And I think I was in middle school or. Yeah, I was probably in middle school at the time, and I just kind of started to jump in and sing with him, and we ended up recording a few things together and just, like, fell in love with it, so that's how, like, the initial channel started, but as far as, like, music in our family, that's intrinsic, like, both sides, my mom and my dad's um, different styles of music, but everyone is very artistic and musically inclined, and... We have a lot of, um, I would say, folk and Celtic music Mm. on my mom's side and more like traditional classic jazz on my dad's side. Um, Wow. So we kind of grew up with a mixture of both. And I think that really shaped a lot
0: of
1: like what we like and what we
2: like to create.
0: Your parents had a good collection Mm. of records, I bet.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Our our dad, uh, not so much records, but just like a a butt ton of. CDs.
0: Ah, got it. I'm dating myself by saying records. <laughs> well, you know, I no think, it's it's so interesting. because I always say that my son Alex, who's 21, um, was the only eighth grade kid I knew, or seventh grade maybe kid I knew who had Miles Davis on his iPod. But it was because uh, of, it was because of, yeah, it was because of his grandfather's love of jazz. And like, I think there's so much of that. Uh, those touchstones of music you hear as a child and how that influences your own. Tastes. Uh, oh, it's huge. It really is huge. That's <laughs> cool. So you're did you study instruments? I mean Nathan was j- goofing around with a guitar when he was in college, but like did you take guitar, Nathan, or are you self taught? How did you pick up your instruments?
1: Uh, yeah, so um I, I took lessons for about three years. One one year in Ocean Springs, Mississippi when we lived there. Uh I had a teacher named Jeremy don't remember his last name mm-hmm. but he was he kind of taught me the basics and then my favorite teacher i ever had was in colorado springs when we lived there his name is paul whitens um and he he just really taught me how to play blues guitar more than anything but he also taught me what it means to be a songwriter and mm. how to craft a song and you know what works and what doesn't and everything uh, and he really encouraged me to write my own music more than anything i think that with anyone that i talked to uh in middle school and high school who was trying to teach me I wasn't really ever interested in the technicalities at all. I, I wanted to kind of make it my own. Uh, and so I think after, I, after those lessons ended and I, I, t- I took a break for a little bit and I wasn't really learning anything new, uh, back in college, I, I wanted to get back into it. And the only way that I really knew how, uh, I, I couldn't really pay for a, a teacher because I didn't really have much money. Um, so like YouTube was just always readily available. And I went and kind of just, started watching guitar tutorials again and trying to make covers of songs that I liked. Wow. And that's really the way that I learned was just um, learning through other people's music.
0: And you play, you play acoustic and electric guitar, right? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly mostly acoustic for a while, but I'm trying to get more into electric.
0: Yeah. I noticed that at Flowerstock. And uh, Miss Ava, you're like the percussion genius, right? (laughs) Um, As of now, yes. I,
2: our dad, uh, as a joint present, got us like this mini drum kit, and I—I I guess for the past year and a half or two years, I've just kind of been trying to teach myself how to play the drums, and that's a,
0: thats about as far as I've got. Um, it's fun. I'd like to take w- it's, it's fun watching you. I can't believe that you taught yourself that. You're just so natural. <laughs> Thank you. And then, um, and then this yeah. year, this year at Flowerstock, you pulled out the keyboard. So that's another new thing that you're you're hand, handling, right? Yes, i I
2: took lessons. I took piano lessons um, for a few years when I was younger. But me being me, I'm I'm very like impatient with instruments sometimes. So I I stopped practicing when I was younger, and I never really picked it back up until probably the past couple of years. I've been
0: tinkering around on the piano. Um, so I know basic stuff again, but the yeah, piano, like chords and stuff. I mean, I remember you talking about that when you were performing, like yeah. the, that's sort of how you were. Chords and, scales and I can, yeah, I can pick up basic stuff,
2: but that's, Nathan is definitely the stronger instrumentalist out of the two of us.
0: <laughs> well, well, it sounds like, it seems like a good balance when you're performing that you're, you're picking up the instruments that complement each other. And, and I feel like you also complement each other in just creating new music. I mean, you both are singer-songwriters, right? You both are creating new um, new mm-hmm. music. Yeah. Yeah. Do how do you yeah, do it's, that? Uh, <laughs> it, so, it seems so such a mystery to me. How do you start?
1: <laughs> well, um, I, I guess like it just depends on where we're at. Uh, really, the songs come out of you know either relationships or stuff that we're dealing with and a lot of times it's it's very uh like independent um you know i'll i'll write a song i'll write out lyrics and then i'll kind of tinker around with it a little bit and sometimes i have a fully formed idea before i take it to ava uh and see what you know what she can add to it what she wants to take away but sometimes you know i i just have the lyrics or sometimes i just have a little guitar part and Mm. i go to ava and you know i'll be like i have this thing like do you have any lyrics that would sound good with it and i think that for ava it's kind of the same thing she writes from experience um and she'll come to me every once in a while uh and we'll we'll just collaborate that way but ava you, you can definitely talk a little bit more about it
2: um i would say like at least when i'm writing songs like for both of us i would say lyrics um they're kind of our own pieces of work like Nathan will write his own songs and his own lyrics for something and I'll do the same. And like, for me, when I, when I write songs, like my own song, um, I'll have like lyrics and I'll have a tune in my head, but I have a hard time portraying instruments. And so mm. what I'll do is I'll like, like, for instance, we just, I just wrote a new song that um, like the past couple of weeks and I had this tune in my head and I had the lyrics all down and I had like, I had this idea in my head. It's just hard for me to get it out and instruments and to have like a full piece and so i'll go to nathan and be like okay listen to this and i'll like hum the tune and i'll sing it and i'll like try and portray exactly what i have in mind and then nathan's like oh okay and then he like takes his guitar and like literally will like play the exact thing that i heard in my head and it's
0: kind of eerie (laughs) how it works i love it but it's so cool yeah it's like you're so in sync yeah it's a little it's
1: a little eerie (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, the nice thing about it, and so the next song that we're going to be playing.
0: Yeah, uh, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, it,
1: it, that, that song was created that way, really. Like, Ava uh-huh. had all these lyrics, this whole, like, lyrical story, but she didn't necessarily know how to put the tune to it. So she came to me, and she had, like, you know, she had the structure down. And we kind of just, like, sat, I, I sat with my guitar, and she started just, like, riffing, almost like scatting her mm. lyrics. Oh, she's a good scatter too. I'll be like off on the spot. And I I just used my guitar to follow wherever her voice was going. And so that's why this next song is going to be. It, it's just like all over the place because I was just trying to follow Ava's voice. <laughs> guitar. Yeah.
0: The guitar is your third vocalist, it sounds like. Yes, pretty much. What, well, so tell us what the name of this song is and then we'll listen to it. Um, this
2: next song is called
0: 330 as, as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> three three thirty. Okay, good. Let's listen yeah, to it. Like like the time. Yeah. Yeah. Three thirty in the afternoon. was really awesome. And, um, you know, I know that as I mentioned in your intro, I first met you both at Flower Stock in 2017. And one of your super fans was there, Robbie Honey, the amazing floral artist who's based <laughs> yeah, in London. We <laughs> well, I hear there was a story about Robbie like stumbling across your, your channel on YouTube and listening to your songs obsessively. And then somehow that's what got you to Flowerstock. Can you tell your version of that story or i hope he's listening so he can can hear this (laughs) (laughs) so i
2: think i think the story was that um so robbie was working with holly chapel who like puts on flower stock right and i want to say that he was just playing because he was playing our youtube videos because i think this is about the time it went viral or Mm. something like that Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit afterwards and so he was playing our youtube videos and I think Holly heard it and, or maybe it was vice versa. I can't remember. They both liked our music. Right. Um, and so apparently it was like dancing around in a toga and like dancing to her music. <laughs> and <laughs> What a sight. <laughs> As a surprise. Yeah. As a surprise, which doesn't surprise me at all for Robbie Honey. He's, he's an amazing, wonderful spirit. Um, <laughs> As a surprise, Holly invited us just, like, on a whim, reached out to us from our channel and was, like, do you guys want to come perform for Flowerstock? I'm putting it on this first year. Um, and I think she wanted to do it to, like, make Robbie happy and, like, just surprise him and stuff. Um, That's good. So, yeah, we ended up coming, and it was, like, such a great experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so glad this has all happened.
0: I am, too. But, like, you were, you were maybe 16 or 17. You were... And and okay, Nathan, you are probably just out of college. Did did you have any qualms about just coming to this strange woman's event, or how did that happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, it was a little strange for us. I'm not gonna lie. I I never thought a million years would be playing at a
0: floral like a
1: floral design workshop where you know a bunch of people from around the world come and talk flowers. I didn't even know that existed. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> but now you uh, do. It really.
1: Yeah, now I do, and I'm all the better for it. Um,
0: <laughs> That's a great experience.
1: It, yes, yeah, it's, it's just I think it really opened my eyes to all the weird and cool little niches that I don't really know existed. Well, in I think
0: my yeah, and design. I think yeah, and I think Holly has created community, and you guys are so committed to community in your world that it, that that probably just you know it resonated with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah we, okay. I mean, driving up, I remember that first year driving up, I was like, I don't want to drive nine hours to this thing Yeah, because I don't know what it is. But then immediately when we got in the car, uh, or no, I guess we flew up the first year. Okay. It, uh, yeah, we flew up. Yeah,
0: we flew up the first year. And
1: But we drove in an Uber from the airport to get there. And I yeah. remember I back in the airplane, <laughs> I like look over to Ava. Really? And it was just like, it was such an affirmation because... Ava, I think before we were considering, you know, doing music seriously, uh, which we hadn't been considering before. But I mm-hmm. remember on that plane ride back, it was just such positive feedback from everyone. It was, it was such the a- best audience that we've ever played for, even if it was relatively small that first year. She, she, it was just so gratifying and everyone wow. was so warm and welcoming. Yeah. But she looked over at me and she's like, I, I just want to keep doing music. Like, <gasps> I might want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> And it was that was like the first time where we both just like we were in
0: agreement with it.
1: Like, we we were in agreement like, yeah, we want to take this more seriously because there are people who like us. Like, oh, my lot. God.
0: <laughs> that, that gives me the shivers. That's wonderful. So uh, let's, yeah. let's I don't know if you have a song you want to share that that brings us back to Flower Stalker, one that you love playing there. I know Holly had her absolute favorites. She was cracking me up this year where she was had apparently kept taking notes in and and 17 of the, <laughs> her favorites. And then in 18, she was like calling out the requests uh, incessantly, like when everyone else wanted to go to bed. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's a musician's choice. You can share whatever, whatever you want that maybe brings us back to flower stock.
1: Oh, what would you say? Nathan? Um. Well, she really, they always really like Valerie. Yeah, yeah, they
2: love Valerie. Yeah. Which is um, an Amy Winehouse cover. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I love, I love I love singing that one too, just because I, I, well, number one, I love Amy Winehouse's voice and her style of music. And, um, I think it complements our style as well. Uh, but it's also like a soloist piece, I think more on my part. Mm-hmm. And I've always enjoyed like exploring that side of my singing.
0: Um, Good. but yeah, I, just, I just noticed it was a favorite this past year. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let's share that one. That sounds wonderful.
5: Come on Valerie, yeah. oh come on over Valerie yeah. Ooh. Did you have to go to jail?
0: That was so great. Ava, I love your voice. And I can't believe that you're just like, you use your voice as an instrument and Nathan uses his instrument as a voice. It's just so wonderful that the complimentary, (laughs) (laughs) like you have, you have a big group. Um, So I know that people ask you about, can they buy your CD or LP albums or whatever they're called now? And I know that you, you mentioned having an EP. Can you just talk a little bit about what that is and how people can hear more and support you as musicians?
1: Yeah, so EP, um, that's just extent it stands for extended play. Um, okay. And usually, it's like three or four songs uh, that an artist releases, uh, you know, because it's one, cheaper to produce than a full length album. And two, sometimes it's like this marketing thing where if you release a bunch of EPs, it's actually better than a full length album because it's more digestible.
0: It was like, so, get, it, get, it, get uh, it out there <laughs> into the world so people can hear you, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. it's not as daunting of a task
1: wanting to record three songs versus, you know, ten or eleven or much for a however many for a full length album. So that's what we decided to do um this past April and we have our first EP out. It's called the Nathan and Ava EP, which is self titled, very original. (laughs) Awesome. We recorded in Rock Hill, um with a great producer, his name's John Knipe. and we we've had a sponsor which was very, very uh, we're very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um his name is Chris. Christopher Norris. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris. He made it all possible and we're just eternally grateful for him. Um so we record four songs over two days and they're on uh Spotify, they're on iTunes, uh Bandcamp. Pandora. Pandora, YouTube uh probably iHeartRadio. There's like a bunch of streaming sites that it's on.
0: So do people just um, do people just have... listen to it or can they do they purchase it? Like how do you get compensated for this? Um, there's honestly, honestly there's not much compensation just because right
2: now like the platforms on which people listen to music are typically free. So like mm. Spotify is a big one, Pandora um is a big one. But I mean, we get we get a few like some people on Bandcamp. Or um, you can choose how much you pay for it
3: oh, if okay. you do want
2: to buy it. So some people will just like be generous and like give donations and stuff. Um, but as far as like actually gaining money from it, there's not. Mm. It's it's a lot harder as a musician right now to make money off of hard
0: copies of stuff. Um, right, because, because you're not people- press you're not pressing a CD and then selling it. At your gigs, yeah. there's nothing tangible to transact, right? Yeah,
2: it's mm. just, it's a lot more popular right now to stream music instead of buying hard copies of it, mm. um, especially with like our generation. Mm-hmm. I think.
1: Yeah, so it, it, I think that the whole marketing landscape has changed for music in general. Completely, it's, it's yeah. gone to from physical to digital, and unless you're a super big artist um, who already has like amassed a mass of big following then it's it's harder to make a good deal of money off of um you know album sales or whatever because you're just getting royalties from every play that's hit on Spotify and all these streaming services so um yeah we we definitely want to start producing physical copies it's just a matter of um doing it for long enough and having enough music and, yeah. Yeah. and having you know, a the, budget having a budget which
0: <laughs> That's we're not the most thing. organized
1: we need to keep well, the ball rolling on you're that. moving
0: toward yeah, that though it sounds hard. like Oh yeah
1: for sure it's just mm-hmm. it's slow going and it's we have to take it with baby steps so Yeah I-
0: and to be
2: professionally recorded too it it costs a pretty penny um so it's it's hard to start officially when you're not working off of like a lot of money right
0: now. Right. You're then um, you're self-funded every you're probably just, you're, yeah. perf- you're, you're performing gigs in and around Charleston, but it, they're, they're kind of not compensating you at the, the level they should be probably.
1: Well, it's, you, I mean, it's like we, we get paid fairly well for what we do. Um It's just a matter of booking gigs in Charleston. Yep. Um, being, an original band, I think it, it, it's easier to get a cover gig here in town, like a, a lot easier than mm. it is to be in a music mm-hmm. because
2: you don't have to have a name for yourself. Yeah. Luckily, you have have a, if you want to get it like, um, like nicer gigs and stuff right. like that. Right. Um, that's what we've been working on. Yeah. Recently.
0: Yeah. It's we, like, I want to encourage Ryan. you. Yeah. I want to encourage you because it sounds like you're doing everything that you should be doing. It's just, you can't fast track this. You have to kind of do like earn your chops and.
1: Exactly. It's it's a slow grind, but we kind of wanted to take the the slow road and try and do it right. um, So that we do get a better local following who appreciates just the original music. And, you know, it's good to want to hear our covers and everything. And we, we perform covers all the time during live gigs, but I think at least for me, it's a lot more rewarding to hear feedback, positive feedback and at times negative feedback from our original stuff. Um, because it just means that, you know, we're putting stuff out into the world and kind of waiting for a response. And it just feels really good.
0: Yeah. Well, let's hear one more song and and let's hear an original song. What do you want to share?
1: Um, I th- okay, so this next one is called "I Wish." Uh, this is one of Ava's songs.
2: Yeah, this is this is another one of those songs where I wrote it. I had the tune in my head, and then I just came to Nathan and I sang it to him, and he like magically had a guitar part. And it was just it was just one of those songs. But um, I I wrote this. It's about like um, family and friends that live far away, and basically it's just saying like the people that you really love who do live very far away. It's just this wishful song about wanting to spend like typical days together or just Mm. like, you know how, when you get to know someone really well, you just kind of like, it doesn't even have to be big events, but just spending like a single normal day with them Mm. really gets to know them a lot better on a personal basis. And a lot of our family lives like um, pretty far away. And been in a long distance relationship so it's it's just been like it's a combination
0: of those two things Mm -hmm. um, Uh, but it's kind of like a better you played this at flower stock i remember you telling this story so let's hear it i wish
5: I wish,
4: what would it be to be with you more, go out, explore, and take our time, I... in silence or in noise we'd fill the space.
0: So there are a lot of creatives in different fields who listen to this podcast, people mostly in floral, floral designers and flower farmers, uh, people in the wedding and event industry. And I think people would enjoy hearing about your creative collaboration, how you um, bring together both your talents to birth a new song. Like what's your recipe for success when you start? You know, do you need a cup of coffee and sunshine or a quiet place or like sequester yourself because it's noisy? Like how do you Or all of the above? Like, how do you jump in and and create something new, especially when you're collaborating? Um, To be honest, a lot of, like, our greatest, I think our strongest
2: songs that we've written, it's been more of, like, like individually alone, we'll have, like, this idea, and we just, like, crank it out in about 30 minutes. And it's just, like, it's, like, driven by really strong emotions, I think, at Mm. least for me. And then it's just something that happens really quickly and it just comes to me and then I bring it to Nathan and, like, he helps me build it. But um, I think with Nathan, is that the same for you?
1: Um, So, like, Ava will... Ava will just sometimes blindside me with these, like, fantastic songs. Like, that's, that's usually the best songs that she writes is she'll come and we'll just be practicing for, like, an hour, like, doing whatever, you know? And then I'll just start, like, playing something on the guitar and then she'll be like you know this little off-handed comment like oh I have like something new to show you I'm like okay <laughs> let you know and so she'll like she'll be like this is kind of sketchy I like recorded it the other morning right when I woke up I had this idea and it's just like her kind of humming really <laughs> like creepily into her phone microphone yeah. but I'm like okay we can do something with that and like so we, we'll start like playing with chords and everything and then she'll just like bust out this beautiful song in the span of 20 minutes. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> um, it's just, like for her, it seems like it's always very, like, very spur just of the moment or organic. And she kind of just channels this very emotional energy, whatever she's feeling, and has these very honest lyrics. Wow. And for me, um, I kind of work a little differently because I'll have an idea for a song and then I'll kind of just pour over it for like weeks and I'll write lyrics here and there and put them in my phone. Um, For me, like I I like to write a lot of it out before uh, and then once I have all the lyrics out, then I'll try and tinker with it. But I kind of like to have a fully formed, um, you know, all my lyrics kind of formed before I even do anything. And for Ava, it's just kind of spur of the moment.
0: But I bet you're both kind of constantly songwriting in your subconscious. Like it's just there. And that's pretty cool that it's like in your DNA almost the way you're, you're any any perspective you have on life, there's a song for it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've I've kind of, I've tried to put
1: myself in a regime almost like give myself a songwriting routine where I, I write 30 minutes a day and I've tried that before and it doesn't necessarily work. Um because you can't really force it out of you, at least right. not for me. Not for me. It either. kinda comes in different fragments and sometimes you have a fragment or like a yeah. verse or something or a phrase that kind of stays in your mind and so you, you have to write it down. And then I do you, the
2: same thing. Yeah,
1: like you know, it might not you might not have any other words for that phrase or verse or chorus or whatever, but a few weeks down the line you're washing dishes and you look out the window and you see someone embrace like their dog or something mm-hmm. and you're like oh that was really sweet <laughs> and then, <laughs> well I don't know I'm just giving like a random example but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just daily it's so life bad. something, something yeah. clicks yeah. something clicks and then you have all these little pieces of these like emotional fragments and eventually you can kind of put crack them together them and it, like make sense of it all
2: that's weird I do the same thing yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I'll just be like walking and I'm like feeling a certain way and there is like that weird phrase that'll like just repeat itself in my head or like like a verse of something and then it'll it'll just be like the most random times that I'll just have this idea and I'm like all right it's time to write it down (laughs) so then I'll like Uh I'll like sit there and I crank it out and then I just kind of like once I start like. Once that happens, and I know it's about to happen, I have to put everything aside, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it becomes really important, and I just hash it out, and then I have to come up with the tune on the spot. Wow! Um, just yeah, just because it's like in the moment kind of thing. And I love that. that. Honestly, that's the only way I've really song like written songs, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so far it's worked.
0: <laughs> right, I love it. Like you're you're both like these acute observers of whatever happens in your life and and like listen to those things but you're also listen to yourselves and um you're right sometimes it's like water flowing through your fingers if you don't capture capture it right then you might not get it back right
3: mm-hmm.
0: right there's a lot of stuff that i just let kind of slip
2: sometimes when i'm lazy and then it's like it's gone yeah <laughs> mm, yeah so, yeah. so I, whenever it does happen i'm like all right time to sit down work this out kind of thing but
0: Well, so so you started Nathan and Ava with popular cover songs and you had this chapter in your life where you were apparently like going viral on YouTube. And I and I would love to have people hear this story because this is like the way back time machine by now. Right. When that happened. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it feels like it's a lot oh, longer ago than it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Actually,
0: yeah. Was it like four or five yeah. years ago? Um,
1: it was in two
0: thousand fifteen. So Okay, like, oh, Three
1: years yeah, ago. It's nearing four years ago. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because it was at the beginning of two thousand fifteen. We had a song that we covered in two thousand thirteen go viral. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: So it okay. Was completely completely out of the blue because we had recorded the song that went viral like two years before. We were just Doing our own thing. Nathan was in school. I was—I just started high school, um, and I think it was the San Francisco Globe, which is like this big blog on Facebook. Um, I guess just picked up our video, saw it, liked it, and shared it on their page. And they had like close to a million subscribers. I had two and, um, and a half million. Two and a half million subscribers. Um, oh my god! And so, I remember I was on the bus going from school. And Nathan gives me this phone call and he's like Ava this the weirdest thing is happening like our video of Hero is going viral like and we watched it he he drove home that weekend and we watched it as it went from like a million to 2 million and then grew up to like 15 million now i think it's at 18 million views <gasps> or something like that. Oh
0: my god i can't even fathom that that's oh, overwhelming and and how a while, you know, it was like a sleeper video for two years, but it, then someone discovered it and overnight. <laughs>
2: yeah. and that's, it's the weirdest video to go viral to because it's just like me and Nathan and we're like, I'm in gym shorts and this weird <laughs> funky hair and we're these two awkward kids being filmed in our kitchen. Yeah, um, I'm
1: wearing this like Beijing Olympics windbreaker that was my bad <laughs> because it was cold in the kitchen.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's just a very unkempt, kind of awkward looking video, but I think that's what, why people were so drawn to It's just the two of us singing. Was being it very yeah, like.
0: Yeah. I've seen it before. Yeah. I've seen it before. Is it acapella? I can't remember. Or does Nathan have a guitar? It's acoustic.
2: Um, okay. Nathan had a guitar. Yeah.
0: And Ava, you were playing um, like a little cymbals or something or.
2: <laughs> I was very poorly playing a shaker at the end. Oh, shaker.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think the
2: crashes, I, I took the shaker and I, Threw it underneath my leg and Nathan caught it. Which, by the way, that was like our fortieth take. That was not
1: <laughs>
3: sporadic.
1: Yeah, we, had to, we actually had to rehearse that whole. Song oh my gosh, just for that egg shaker talk. Yeah, it was not a simple task. Oh, how we, funny! Yeah, we spent two days trying to record that one song. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, yeah. I'm going to definitely show that, share that in our show notes uh, in today's for today's episode at debreprinsing.com. But uh, once that went viral and. All of a sudden, you became like, like overnight sensation. Uh, for a, I guess whatever that means, for like, people were bringing you on or showing it on TV shows and stuff, right?
1: Yeah. So we we had like a, a few kind of big names reach out to us.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: know like a lot of lo- local TV stations. There were running segments about you know, oh look at these kids, you know, singing. You know. It, we kind of lost track of those, but the, some of the big names that came up, like Jimmy Kimmel Live. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel Live.
2: Thing. We have t-shirts and like hats that he sent us.
1: Yeah, Glenn <laughs> Beck's like, radio show, he reached out to Yeah, us.
2: Glenn Beck for some reason. Um, <laughs> I know The Voice and American Idol, I guess they're talent agents, were trying to contact us. Um, wow. Just like oh, It was a weird time. Yeah. Because... We were both in school, um, and we didn't really know who to trust or what we wanted to do at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, it was like with a viral video like that—that's something you gotta jump on right in the moment, and you gotta do it quickly. Right, and it's not you like you—you
0: you didn't have hand, yeah, you didn't have an agent or handlers or some kind of business advisor. It's, no, we yeah. we
1: were kind of just—we were just these two participants in yeah. madness. Like, I nearly broke. <laughs> Phone. We were getting yeah, thousands
0: like of emails phone the was blowing up. We didn't know what to do, and it you're like, I have I have homework due tomorrow. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah, it was um, a weird experience, and even like the week or a couple of months after, we would get stopped in the street by people, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Do you have a YouTube channel?" And I was like, "Yep."
0: <laughs> oh my god, and you're probably you're probably like done with a hero. Like, do not play that one more time. But it's a beautiful song. and, and... <laughs> given it a good rest since then. But... Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm fine with playing it. I'm fine. Um, it. It was, it was, you know, there were a few months after that whole thing where I just did not ever want to hear that song no, again. it's a very defining song for us in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now, like, that, now that we've had a break from it, I still like the song a lot. Oh, yeah, that's, that's
0: cool. A song. Well, yeah, but... yeah, and you know, the thing is that maybe right then and there you weren't ready to professional musicians but now I feel like you are and I feel like you're it's definitely are um, yeah I'm sorry what no I you saying? I cut you off. you I was just saying I feel like now is a, you're a little bit in a different place um with your original music and you know artists in your own right is that how you feel or is you're ready for that next step
1: I feel like if that uh, if it had happened to us right now I think the outcome might have been a little bit different um, for sure. Because when it, it first happened, I don't think I, I didn't realize that in a million years something that exponential would happen. It it wasn't just like this weird little internet thing. It it kinda changed my outlook on what, what we, could we could do. do um mm-hmm. when we had so much instantaneous feedback from thousands and thousands of people who were clamoring for more.
3: Mm.
1: And it was overwhelming in a sense that Uh, we just didn't know what to do. We didn't have any original stuff to our name, like any original music. And I think that more than anything freaked me out uh, um, because I I wanted to be able to deliver on uh, making everyone happy and, you know, keeping those fans happy and satiated and everything. But uh, really we were just putting so much pressure on ourselves uh, to do something like that, uh, that we kind of, we decided to take a step back and, you know, mm-hmm. Really kind of focus more on creating an identity first for ourselves as musicians because we hadn't before. Really, we were just posting these videos online for fun. just for fun <laughs> and never expected anything else out of it. Mm-hmm. And we definitely weren't ready for that yeah. kind of exposure. Well, um, but I, now I feel more comfortable in the music that we have made and are making. I think that we have a much better understanding of what our musical identity is.
0: I love that, and I think that is like your your maturity as artist. you are owning it now with your original music, which is definitely what people will begin following and following you for, and that's where you're going to make your mark. You can always sing covers, but you're you, that's sort of a different kind of business in a way, right It's sort of uh I don't know paying you know paying for your your lunch that day kind of thing versus trying to establish a new platform that no one's heard before um do you think that people will that following you on youtube is the best subscribing for example to your youtube channel is like the best way for people to keep track of of what you're doing with your new releases and and you know hear about new projects i would definitely say youtube um
2: youtube instagram and facebook are probably our strongest Mm -hmm. um like ways to hear about us right now. YouTube will definitely have like all of our music and our original stuff, um, covers included. But Facebook and Instagram are going to be the ways that people find out about shows or like we'll have sneak peeks of songs that we're working on. Or um, we were actually just featured in a local music magazine too, which is really
0: cool. Oh, good! I want to uh, see that. <laughs> Yeah. Just more stuff like that. Um, it's probably better for Facebook and Instagram. Well, good. But. Well, I'll share those links, uh, in the show notes too. And I just want you to know, I am wearing my Nathan and Ava t-shirt while I'm speaking to yeah. you. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a store set up for all that? Do you have a store set up for all that swag? I can't remember. I do not. We don't have a website to sell the merch on yet. Um, I want to work on that though.
2: And yeah. I guess if you are interested in buying something, you can message me or Nathan on yeah. Facebook and Instagram.
0: Good. Yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, good. I'll just, um, I, I think that's a good idea. People could just send you a message and ask you what you've got available. Okay. I have, I have a sticker and I have a t-shirt and um, I know there's other cool stuff like, Oh, um, guitar picks, right? Yeah. Guitar picks. We've wow. got drumsticks.
2: Um bumper stickers, mm-hmm. normal stickers and t shirts. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> right well yeah. I, I designed um I
0: designed the graphic design for it too. So the logo and everything and stuff like Yeah, that. I remember that. You you did a really amazing lettering. Um and even in maybe your previous version of your logo you had, had block printed it or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh oh. yeah, the
2: first one was with um like a block print and then the second one we're trying to just freshen things up i think
0: yeah i like um, it yeah it's, thank you yeah it's cool well i have enjoyed talking with you both so much i love getting to hear you perform and uh two times now and uh, holly just invited me back to Flowerstock, so i hope that we will reunite like next october um but yeah. it's just been it's- fascinating to to learn more about your journey as artists. And I'd love to just wrap up with another favorite song that you want to share. Just to, I just give a treat to our listeners with a a final song as we, as it takes us out on this show today. What do you want to share?
1: Yeah. um, We can end, we can close out with a song called Allie. Uh, This is off of our EP um, that we released last April. Um, Yeah. And it's kind of just this little upbeat, reggae soft rock thing
0: <laughs> I know I
2: love this song oh this is this is a song that Nathan um, pretty much composed himself and then I just kind of came in with harmonies and stuff like that but yeah this is definitely
0: one of Nathan's songs fun that's great let's listen to it I can't go home anymore I can't go home
4: anymore without a of dying in I can't go out anymore. I can't go out anymore without wanting someone around my arm. Am I letting love pass me on by? Am I letting love pass me on by?
0: Thank you both so much. You have been wonderful guests and it's fun to prov- provide some, I guess, creative distraction for people in the holiday season when we're all just like uh, trying to catch our breath and be chill and not let the you know the drama of holidays overwhelm us and listening to your story and your music is going to enrich a lot of our listeners and uh, maybe create a whole new fan base for you. The floral fans, which they're already there. I'm just going to add, add to it a little bit. <laughs> Thanks so yeah, much.
1: Yeah. Thank I you for fun. having us. Yeah, this so is really, really fun. And uh, we always enjoy talking to you for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you guys are great. Thanks a lot. We'll talk soon and uh, happy holidays and happy new year.
1: You All right. Too. AMC, bye. Deborah.
0: Wow, I'm so, so impressed by hearing this story of two young talents with drive, heart, and determination to share their music with the world. Whenever I'm in the presence of people whose work and art I admire, I feel inspired to up my own game and pursue my dreams. I hope that's your takeaway, too. Next week, our final episode of 2018 will feature our year in review. And then on January 2nd, I will reveal the 2019 Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast. It's a time of reflection of all this that our community has achieved and a time to reimagine and dream for our future. Please join me. And don't forget to visit the Slow Flowers Summit website for all the details about the 2019 Slow Flowers Summit, scheduled for July 1st and 2nd in St. Paul, Minnesota. You can grab an early bird ticket and save $100 if you register by December 31st. Slow Flowers members receive preferential pricing, so check it out. We've also just posted all the details about the June 30th pre-conference tour of two fabulous Minnesota flower farms. Blue Sky Flower Farm, and Green Earth Growers, both Slow Flowers members, and will also share details of the first ever Slow Flowers Dinner on the Farm with the summit speakers and fellow conference attendees, which will take place at Green Earth Growers outside Minneapolis. This is a ticketed event, and you can find details at slowflowersummit.com. Well, we have a vibrant and vital community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement. As our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry. The momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support, and I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the Donate button in the column to the right at debraprincing.com. The Slow Flowers Podcast has been downloaded more than 389,000 times by listeners like you thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. Thank you all. And thanks to our sponsors for supporting the Slow Flowers podcast this year. Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at ArcticAlaskaPeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Grower's Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnniesseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers formed in 1988. ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family-owned since 1978. Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Certified American Grown Flowers, the Certified American Grown Program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence ask for certified American grown flowers to learn more visit americangrownflowers.org and the team flower conference a professional floral event where flower lovers from all over gather for networking learning and celebration it's a special time for the floral industry to come together and whether you're a farmer designer wholesaler or just love flowers you're invited to attend as team flowers dreams big for the industry's future head to teamflower.org /slowflowers to learn more about the 2019 conference in Waco, Texas. I'm Deborah Prenzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com.